And when I woke up this morning, I was feeling pretty dangerous. Now they give it to Green. Green stutter step. He's through. First down, 40, 45, 50, 45, 40. Run, William, run. 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown. In the backfield, two receivers left, one right. Mayfield back to pass. Lux going towards the end zone, and it's caught by Donovan Peoples-Jones. Touchdown! He got it! He got it! The rookie from Michigan got it with 11 seconds left to go! Pumping once, now throwing long down the left side. Slaughter has it! He's going in for a touchdown! The problem won the game! <laughs> Mr. Speaker, the top dogs of Cleveland sports are here for our annual State of the Union in Cleveland sports. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the top dogs. We've been waiting a few weeks to do this. I am your host for today, uh, one half of the top dogs, Alex Hale here, along with my co-host, Jack McCurry. Jack, how are you, buddy? I'm doing well, man. That's, that's a killer intro, man. But how are you? <laughs> I'm doing amazing. It's It's been the best year ever in Cleveland sports. It's only going to get better. I'm here to give you the state of our union. Okay, not him. Not him. Okay, and uh-oh, I just heard a knock at the door. It's the Secret Service. Well, it, it, uh, play the dancing, carrying my casket memes. You know, I'm dead. <laughs> All right, everybody. Um, You guys have been probably wondering where the hell we've been. Um, I mean, as you guys have figured out on social media, if you've been paying attention, you now know where I work. And we've been setting records, baby setting records in my area i'm proud of that uh we're off to a good start so far uh you know i'm excited about what this season is i mean i know we got a good team and boy they're fun to watch they are so much dude i cannot tell you how much fun it is to watch a WNBA game i i don't know what the haters are saying man y'all are just hating the hate like i'm just saying that like man i used to watch the rockers growing up and this is all i'm gonna say in the w right now because really not going to say much more beyond this. But man, give it a ch- if you aren't giving it a chance, give it a chance. Like, really do. There are some really good games out there. Really good teams. I know everybody's talking about one particular team that I will not talk about. I'm not naming names of teams whatsoever. But I know there's one team everybody's talking about. Like, their teams are really good too. Just watch. There's some really good basketball. If you... If after the finals, you still want your basketball fixed, trust me, there is some really good basketball to be uh, uh, played right now. And uh, I'll just say, I won't say names. Ran into the number one pick in next year's draft. Yeah, that, that I don't know how. It just That was cool. That was cool. You know, that was a cool moment. So anyways. That's all I'll say. That was all in one minute. But uh, yeah, that's where we've been. Uh, I've had no time whatsoever. 
and I've been in pain most of it, recovering still. Uh, my doctor is yelling at me saying, Alex, why are you standing on your feet for this long at a time? Well, it's the life I chose, baby. And I love every minute of it. I was an athlete growing up. I work in sports. I love every day of it. And it can be stressful and everything. But man, oh man, it's rewarding when you have results like we've had so far. So uh, I wish I could say everything, but I'm just saying we're sending records down here and it's, it's fun. So Jack, how have you been buddy? Pretty good. Pretty um, Just staying busy with work. Uh, still bumping out a dogland episode a week. We got, I think we got one more this week with mini camp coming up and then we're going to take our summer break as well. Um, barring any more Browns moves that Andrew Barry wants to try to pull out of his uh, magician's hat, but you know, life good going on vacation next weekend. And yeah, looking forward to the summer. Same here. Uh, so as you guys are going to know, we'll say it at the end of the show, this is going to be our last episode of our season. Uh, thank you for everybody who has listened throughout the year. Um, and we will be back for uh, training camp. You know, we'll be back for that. Um, when, I don't know. Jack and I have to still discuss what my schedule is because uh, I'm still in season, but I'll just say, Jack, right now, outside of SummerSlam weekend, I'm fine. Okay. Uh, SummerSlam weekend's like, no, absolutely yeah, not. That's, that's fine. That's a no-go. Um, there was actually, so here's a funny story I'll tell you guys. So it got canceled. Um, there was a discussion that was being had that I was going to go from a game uh, to the airport lie to Detroit, go with my buddy Anthony, get back on a plane after SummerSlam and work the next game and just be like 48 hours, 72 hours straight of running around. But the more I thought about it, I was like, after my surgery, I said, nope, not doing it. So my trip to Detroit to hang out with Anthony will be at next year's NFL draft. Uh, so we'll see when that's going to be. Uh, it sounds like it's going to be a Friday night when the Browns pick. So, cause they don't have a first rounder again. God damn it. One more year, Jack, one more year. And we can do this real madness. The real madness <laughs> will be back. It'll be amazing. It'll be yep. awesome. And we'll be in, we'll be at the frozen tundra of Lambo field. Yeah. And that's when hell freezes over and the Browns are actually picking 32nd in the draft. <laughs> At the froze. Okay, I'm not doing anything. But anyways, <laughs> we have a lot to talk about. So this episode is going to be a stay of the union. This is how I'm going to determine we're going to end every season. Yes, it's going to be in the middle of Guardian season. Yes, it's going to be in the middle of the Cavs off season. Yes, the Browns will all be done. But this is a perfect time for us to kind of like reflect on where each team stands going forward so i'm gonna leave the honors to jack jack which way do you want to start i mean this is a browns podcast i figured we should start with the browns well i shall i'm here to report to the congress of cleveland sports that the Browns' state of the union is strong very strong, very strong. Look, regardless of what people may think of what's going to happen this season, you cannot say that Andrew Barry has not put the Browns in position to win next year. 
It all comes down to coaching and Deshaun Watson returning the form. That's it. Like, I can't really look at any other things and say, yeah, the Browns are going to suck next year or they're going to be great next year. If Deshaun Watson does not return to form, it doesn't matter how good the defense is. They're going to be trash. If Kevin Stefanski doesn't make the adjustments that he needs to make and Jim Schwartz is not the upgrade we think he is, this team is going to be nothing more than a 500 team. However, if what I suspect is true, which is Schwartz is exactly what the defense needs, sounds like he is, and more importantly, we're talking about a renewed, you know, Deshaun Watson who's back to his Houston form. We're talking about a team that, yes, the schedule is not favorable at first. But I think they can surprise everybody and come out of the gates two and two or three and one. We we did our, you know, schedule game and we had them winning 10, 11 games. I think that's not out of the realm of possibility. And I think we're all betting on Watson to have a good, maybe not great year. But I think the receiver room is up to his standards. You have a good running back room and you probably are going to add one more. The pass rush is now there with Zadarius Smith opposite Miles Garrett. You have better interior presences, which I've been begging for for a year. Your linebackers are solid. Maybe JOK takes another step forward under Jim Schwartz, which I'm hoping. Your secondary is fine. Improved, probably. Your O-line's fine. Everything is fine. Like, there's not many holes on this team if everything starting with Watson goes well. If Watson's good, it's a domino effect. Everything else will fall into place. So what more can be said about the Browns? And, you know, Jack, you know, I talk, I work with some people who are fans from all other teams. I manage people who are Cowboy fans and Texans fans and other things like that. And, you know, rightfully so, they shit on the Browns. But I asked them this question that we've talked about. If you were to put the Browns in the situation with Baker Mayfield going forward, they're a 500 team, probably. They're not in position to get these quarterbacks. So you're looking at Will Levis right now, who looks god-awful in Tennessee camp. Who told you Will Levis was a bust? Um, I'm just saying, guys. I think we're in the better scenario because you don't want this alternate Browns reality because I mean, like, is there a chance in this alternate reality, we get Caleb Williams? Yes, there is a chance. Is miles Garrett still with the team though? No, there's, I, I don't see any chance in that reality that miles Garrett doesn't demand a trade and you kind of tank and reset with a new front office and everything, and you tank for Caleb Williams. I I mean, you can't convince me otherwise. So we're living in the better alternative timeline for once, I believe. That's just my two cents. I mean, Jack, wouldn't you agree with that? 
Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head on everything. Andrew Barry has had a fantastic offseason, filling the holes, the gaps on this roster that needed to be filled. I still have questions about the interior of the defensive line, but I just think with Jim Schwartz being there, he's talking up guys like Jordan Elliott. I just think better coaching is going to make that position group better, even if, and the entire defensive line. You, I mean, you hit it on the, you hit the nail on the head. It comes down to two things: Does Deshaun Watson return to form? And does Kevin Stefanski, you know, make some tweaks and adjustments to things that he's, you know, faltered uh, in the past and coaches this team up to its true potential? I think it's one of the top eight rosters in the league. I think this team has the potential, like we said, to win 10, 11 games and to be in the playoffs and what is a stacked AFC. But like you said, it comes down to two things, quarterback and coach. And I'm just going to say this. A lot of people are hating more so on the Browns, like Bengals fans. Because they're scared. They, they know deep down what can happen in the next six months. In the next six months, the Browns could be right on their right on their tails, nipping at them. Because mm-hmm. I know Deshaun Watson, I can see it in his face. This dude wants to shut up everybody. You can hear it in his tone. Yes, he's grateful for the people that support him. Like when he was on Chops' space, yes, he appreciates those people, but you could hear it in his voice like, you're one of the few that actually still stand by me. And, you know, screw the rest of them. You can hear it in his voice. Like, I'm just sick and tired of the hate. So I'm just going to go out there and I'm going to play my ass off and shut you up. Which... When we talked about this over a year ago, Jack, that was probably my biggest positive on Watson, the player, which was he was getting so much hate that he's the kind of personality that's like, you know what? I'm going to prove it on the field. I'm going to get you to shut up because I know how to make you shut up. I mean, Dabo taught him all this. I mean, Dabo is is the same kind of guy where if you are doubting him, He's going to try to prove it on the field and make you shut up. Now, will he at Clemson? Who the heck knows at this point? But he's got a bigger mouth than Watson. Watson doesn't have a big mouth, and that's one of the things I love about him. He's very quiet. Very, very quiet in terms of what we used to have with Baker, who right now would be saying, yeah, we're going to be dangerous next year, or he's going to be posting videos of him working out or whatever or whatever it's just like there's some videos of them having fun you know team building in cancun you know cool whatever and yeah and he's putting out subtle recruitment ig posts okay i know a lot of other quarterbacks that do that shit including aaron Rodgers. so he's acting like a normal quarterback right now who just wants to get Back on the field, shut people up. Okay, let's go. And he's looked fine in training camp from what everybody's been saying. I'm not going to say he looks great. He looks fine. Yes, there are some things where, yeah, the pass could be a little bit better. But you want to what? seems like majority of those passes are where they need to be. And that's all I can ask for. And then put him up against a live defense, which he's had some of that. And he's looked fine against a live defense. 
So maybe the speed is coming back. I said this last year, Jack, two years away with that, the speed of the game, it's a big curve. And it looked like at times, yes, it was overwhelming. But as we said, like that Washington game, it looked like he still had it. He just needed more reps, which that's a baseball thing that we talk about. Oh, they need to get more reps. That's all he really needs. He just needs to get the speed back. Once he gets the speed back, I'm not concerned. I mean, he's got the weapons. He's got the coaching to get those players open. And he's got the running game that he never had in Houston. So, I I mean, like, I'm not going to sit here and say on our podcast, Super Bowl, Super Brands. I'd love to. You still got to be KC. The Jets are going to be no joke. Buffalo's going to be no joke. Miami, if Tua's healthy, ain't going to be no joke. Baltimore got Lamar back. You still got Cincy in your division. And who knows if Kenny Pickett, a.k.a. Mr. Small Hands over there. Um, geez. I, I, have a, I Here's something that may uh, show up on Coming In Hot, Jack. I'm going to drop one. So I heard uh, Kenny Pickett celebrates Tall Boy Friday, but his hands are so small, the can drops through his hand. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. hey Um. Anyways, but still, you're playing a lot of tough teams this year, and the AFC is vastly improved. You didn't even mention the Chargers or the Broncos. I didn't, and... I mean. Who knows? Maybe Tom Brady comes out of retirement in Vegas. So yeah, we already said no. Ah, he's still might. And you wonder what I'm going to say. This Houston's even improved. Who's on your schedule? I'm not saying they're elite. I'm just saying they're even improved. So there are teams you're playing that it ain't going to be easy to win these games. And yeah, you're going to win games you shouldn't. You're going to lose games you shouldn't. My goal this year, go 500 because Houston's betting on you to suck so they get a better draft pick. I want to stick it to them. And you know what? I know somebody who probably saw that as a slight and is like, oh, you're going to bet against me again? Okay. I just took that personally. You don't think Deshaun Watson didn't notice that? He did. Mm-hmm. The Browns stay the union, I think, is very strong. What the future holds, God knows. I don't know how sustainable it is over a long period of time. We don't have Jack Duffin on here to break down the cap for us every week. You can find him over at the OBR, goddamn. I'm not going to shamelessly plug it from, but he'll come on at some point again, and we'll talk then. But... You know, they'll probably add another running back. They'll probably try to find another D tackle, maybe another tight end, maybe another piece here and there. But I'm fine with it. I'm fine with how the Browns are built. For once, I'm like, you know what? Let's just see how it goes. Let's just, it is what it is at this point. But they're in good shape. And when Trent Dilfer, is sitting with Sir Yacht saying the Browns may have finally turned the corner. He's been a critic of us in the past. Oh, yeah. For him to sit up there 
And yes, it's yacht and all that stuff, but he knows this is going up and he's a coach. He's still going to give proper analysis. Oh, he's watching football. He, he watches it with fine detail. He knows. And when he's finally saying the Browns may have turned the corner, they have the quarterback, they have stability. Oh boy, that is something to be said. Now, in terms of stability with their stadium, Jack, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, have you heard anything new on that front? No. And that's what's so weird because we thought we were getting it like, wasn't it like the week of the draft or the week after the draft and then nothing. And, and then JW just... went dark again. Yeah. I just wonder, like, are they still trying to find money to get the stadium? And I know everybody's going to say, well, Haslam has the money. We all know the billionaires are not funding the whole stadium. They're trying no, to get they Cleveland to publicly it the city. Funded. Yeah. Yeah. And Cleveland doesn't have money. And I don't think Cuyahoga County has money. So this is going to be interesting. Do they do the renovation I'm gonna, or? I'm not going to reveal too much, but truthfully, Cleveland just paid for upgrades to, you know, a rocket mortgage uh, field house and for progressive field. Now, was that syntax money or is that? Is I don't know. The full still details. even intact. Okay. Um, Will Burge, I think, can answer more so the Cavs. In terms of the Guardians, I I I had heard things, but I number one, am at liberty to not say out of respect to those that I still talk to there. Right. Um, but number two, um, they didn't go that far in depth. Like they tell us things, but you knew they were still keeping it kind of close to the vest because things weren't done yet. And mm -hmm. they're not going to reveal to the whole team, you know, Hey, this is, this is what is without it being done. So I respect that. Um, I do know the city did help fund uh, these renovations. I believe uh, I can't 100% say that because I never saw the final deal, but I think that's been reported too. So I feel like I'm at, I I feel like I'm safely saying something that people know. Um, but yeah, the renovations they're coming, that's also funded by the city. So and the renovations they're absolutely needed to keep that stadium at the forefront of one of the most modern stadiums in baseball. As for Brown Stadium, it's simple. They need a dome. I don't care how you do it. Like do you go to Columbus for three years and just get this right and use the cruise stadium, which I know that's going to piss off all the season ticket holders because they will not nearly have enough for season ticket holders. And they're going to have to make it up in some way. I don't know how you do it, but because it's not like the chargers where, you move to Los Angeles and your whole fan base is in San Diego and they're done because they don't want the Los Angeles affiliation. And that's a much longer drive than Cleveland to Columbus because of traffic and all that shit. So they were done with the chargers. That's why they didn't have to, that crew arena at that crew stadium, it'll be filled every freaking Sunday that they play. To the brim, it will be filled because I got to imagine there are at least 40,000 season ticket holders at the Browns alone, which that stadium probably holds 
three quarters that. So, yeah. How are you going to play? How are you going to satisfy everybody? Um, you can't. So some people are going to get left out. Some people are going to say, hey, I'm not going to renew my season tickets. You're going to lose them and maybe not even get them back. So it's a risk. But to get the dome and the year-round usage of it, I mean, like, I hate to use this example on our pod, but do you realize what city got left out of the biggest tour of the summer in Taylor Swift? Cleveland. Now, why is that? Because you have an old rundown stadium that was rushed to be built and it's not a modern facility and it's in massive need of real renovations. And this is what, this is what Jimmy Haslam wants. He wants these things year round. How Taylor Swift is not coming to Cleveland. I will never understand. And how some of the biggest acts of the year, unless if they're from Cleveland, like MGK, they don't come here. Well, they come here. They just go other places. Like you have Rocket Mortgage Field. Field. I'm sorry. Progressive Field had the biggest act of last summer in Elton John. Yeah. That's inexcusable if you're Jimmy Haslam. And that's why he wants the Dome. Hell, you can get, I'll say it a millionth time, you can get a WrestleMania. You don't think Dolph Ziggler and The Miz and Johnny Gargano wouldn't be pushing, you know, WWE like hell to get in there? Well, it doesn't even have to be WrestleMania because now all the big shows are going to stadiums. You'll get a a Royal Rumble. You'll get a SummerSlam. You'll get... Uh, maybe Survivor Series becomes, I doubt it, but you know, you'll get one of the three money in the bank. You Mm -hmm. might get money in the bank. Like Cleveland is missing out because of this stadium. And Jimmy Haslam has every right to explore all of his options when it comes to the stadium, because he can make more money, which means more money for him means more money to pay off the stadium and all this stuff that he's doing. Yeah. So, I mean, Minnesota just paid off their, the city just paid off their, you know, Dead. part. Yeah. yeah it, it really quickly too. Yeah. I think and, the big, I, well, uh, real quick, I think the biggest key Alex with the, with the whole new stadium thing, keep an eye on the bears because now the, the plan was they wanted to keep it in Chicago and they're talking about moving it to Arlington Heights, which is a suburb of Chicago. Now the latest rumor is, uh, I think it's either Naperville or Naperville, which is about an hour west of Chicago, is they're talking about the stadium going there. So I think whatever happens there could be a key to what happens with the situation with Cleveland and the Haslam's and about potentially either renovating Cleveland Brown Stadium or building a new one. Mm-hmm. I've also heard rumors that ha- Haslam's, and Gilbert and David Blitzer, when he eventually becomes the majority owner of Cleveland, talk about renovating all of downtown Cleveland and like buying up the real estate and, you know, adding so something fresh. I want to I the city. give you guys some perspective here in Texas. Um, so, as you guys know, uh, you have ATT Stadium and Globe Life Field, which are right next to each other. And 
right next to that is the old Texas Rangers Stadium uh, there as well, which is home to the Arlington, I believe, Renegades, who just won the XFL championship. Well, in that area, you have um, Texas Live, which is basically uh, its own you know, shopping area, food, concerts, casino type area, hotels, all that stuff. And they're still building that out. They have not even hit a fraction of that land yet. And they are still building because I drive by it on a daily basis. And right near that, believe it or not, in Arlington is a Six Flags. Now, it's not maybe the best Six Flags in the world, but it's a Six Flags. You have this whole entertainment district right there between, you know, uh, AT&T, Globe Life, uh, was it Choctaw or whatever stadium it's called now? I still call it Old Arlington Stadium. But you're talking about these, you know, little pieces that all come up together. You're building a whole experience where people, when they come into the area, they know where to go. They only go to one area. You stay at the hotel in that area. You, you go to the restaurants and the shopping areas and the events in that area. So that's kind of what you do when you're in Arlington is you go to that area. It's really well built up. And by the time they're, I don't even know what half the plans are. Like I'm still learning, but like once that's all built up, ideally that's going to be a hotbed for performers, events, everything where it's just, as much as Dallas is the focus of the, the DFW Metroplex area, Arlington's going to be as big of an area because they're prepping for the World Cup in uh, 2026, I believe it is. So in 2026, that's why they're building up most of this is because they're prepping for that. So, yikes. Like that's going to be huge in this area, but that's what Cleveland's trying to, to build. That's what these yeah. guys are trying to build is you are a destination. You're not just this. It's beyond just calling yourself a city. You have to be a destination city. That's the new thing. Now you have to be a place where people don't need to get, well, if they get Ubers, it's a short drive. They don't need to rent cars. They don't need anything. It's all right there. It's all within walking distance. It's all, you know, this artisan, you know, new, you know, 21st century, you know, coffee shops and shopping centers and all this cool stuff. It's all that stuff packed into an area. It's almost like its own city within a city. And that's what they're trying to build. And I'm not against it. I've been in, I've been to that area, Jack. It is. Whew. I, I I had to make sure I left because I, I mean, there were a lot of things I could have done, but it was slammed. It was yeah. slammed. And this was Rangers Fest I went to. And it was slammed beyond belief. I'm like, the frig? I know there ain't that many Ranger fans, but like, is this 
all Rangers fat, and they weren't because they weren't wearing Rangers gear. That, that's naturally what's coming there on the weekends from the areas, whether they're from the hotel, whether they're coming into the area or whatever. So that's a big thing of what Cleveland's trying to build right now. And you're seeing it with the convention center being a destination type spot. If you build out the Browns to be more like that. And I mean, like if you can connect the real estate from Brown stadium to rocket mortgage and progressive field, if you can build a path, that's what they're trying to do. The land bridge that connects the uh, lakefront to downtown Cleveland. It's not even just that. It's not even just that. It's the entire area between creating well, that's, one. That's the start of it, though. That has I know. I, I, that I to get connect, that. I, and then they're going to build more. Well, yeah, that's what I mean. If they yeah. can find a way to do that, then Cleveland, yes, is going to be a destination city because more and more people are noticing, hey, Cleveland's got really good stuff down here. You got, I mean, you had Lizzo, you know, raising the food, you know. Juan Thornhill just complimented. He said... People are sleeping on Cleveland. The food is fire or something along those lines. So, I mean, people know and say you just need to get like the, the people outside of Cleveland to recognize like, hey, and, Cleveland isn't a bad place to go visit. And when I work with my coworkers, they dig on it. I said, here's the thing. You're looking at the general perception. If I told you where to go in Cleveland to have a good time, you'd have an unforgettable weekend. Yeah. You would have an unforgettable weekend. And you'd be like, Holy crap, it's actually not. Did I have fun in Cleveland? What the hell? Like, it'd be one of those things. And they're like, people, yeah, right? people knock like, it until they fully get to experience it. Then they realize how nice it is. Yeah. And then you look at how much it is to live there. And that's one of the things I yeah, missed. That's the other thing. <laughs> Son of a bitch. That, that, Jack, I missed that so much. Yeah. <laughs> I know. End of year, I'm moving, uh, believe it or not, probably to Arlington. So. Saving a lot of money that way. I believe it. But anyways, State Union for the Browns is strong. I will go from there. We'll see what happens over the next few months. But uh, I'm not saying they're winning the Super Bowl. I'm not even saying they're winning division. But they're in a better spot than they were a year ago. And you want to know what? I'll take it. Absolutely. Take that with the Browns. Jack, where do you want to go from here? Uh, let's go with the team that's active right now. Let's talk about the Guardians. Oh, God, you want me? Okay. Jack wants me to get worked up into a shoot. Yes, let's go. Do I need to remind you guys for the millionth time the plan was always 2024? <laughs> it was not even supposed to be last year. See, last year was supposed to be this year, and then 2024 was going to be the breakout. Like, Every the timeline is all messed up. If I can tell you what the ideal timeline was, this year was last year, and you trade Bieber with two and a half years control and get a haul through, especially with Juan Soto being traded, you would have gotten a haul for him. That was the perfect world scenario. That shit didn't happen. You won the division, you almost knocked out the Yankees in the ALDS. Be grateful for that. So many of you are jumping ship on a team that is, Jack, if I'm not mistaken, still the youngest team in baseball. 
and you're like, okay, I'm done. I, I, this team just pain and misery, dilly dilly, whatever. I don't give a crap. Okay, couple things. Number one, I agree with you on Ahmed Rosario. Get him the frig out of here. The injury might be a blessing that happened Y'all, on Saturday. So. I don't wish injuries on I don't anyone, either. and I hope he gets well. But Not it could too be, soon. It but could be what the team needed. It, and, it probably is. And I and think that's, that's no disrespect to Ahmad. No. And like I said on Twitter, if you look at the things they look at, which I believe are whiff rate, K percentage, and XBA, which is expected batting average. Those are the three things that they always look at. And yes, there are things Ahmed does in that radius that favor him which is expected batting average and that's why they like him he should do better he just doesn't he whiffs if you look at his whiff rate jesus christ oh boy oh boy that guy just makes me puke but you have guys like gabriel arias who are finally getting everyday playing time who show real potential yes tyler freeman will get at bats now Andres Jimenez is breaking out of his slump finally, which I knew wasn't going to last forever. The stats did not match what I knew he was. Just there's somewhere in between what we saw the beginning of this year and what we saw last year that probably what he really is, but he's an elite defender. So you pay him that money. Maybe he's more so last year than he is what he has been so far this year, but we'll see. I still think there's a little bit more power in that bat to be discovered, but you want to know what? I prefer him to hit for a higher average than ever discover that power because it might mess up his swing. So mm-hmm. hit 300 and hit 10 home runs. I don't give a crap. Like do that and play elite defense. I You're worth the contract in my book. But, you know, you look at the rest of the team. Yes, well, Brennan has not played like he did last year. Although he's, he's had- heating up. He's heating up. Yeah. Juan kind of has leveled out. Yeah. But he's still a solid everyday player that's worth paying, I would say, $7 million a year, too. I think with his defense and everything, now that we're seeing what he really is, $7 million I think, is very fair for him. Maybe eight because Straw is $5 million a year. So I'll be generous. No more than 11 That's my top. I, I, I can't go any more than that. Straw is an elite defender, nothing else. Slap hitter, he's fine. He does what he does. Let's get to Bo Naylor here for a second because I know all of you want him up and I am not defending the fact that we have Cam Gallagher and Mike Zanino, okay? I am not defending that. Is it worse? Is it worse than what we had last year? Yes, because of defense. Yeah. So what have I said, Jack? Hitting doesn't matter with a catcher as long as you can defend. Cam Gallagher does that, which is why I'm fine with him. He drives me insane, but I'm fine with him. Mike Zanino has been a downgrade. Which we knew that, though. Yeah. Well, I I remember talking back in 
November, I kept saying, you know, I'm fine with bringing Hedges back, you know? Yeah. If you can't get Murphy, just bring Hedges back. Familiarity, defense, all that stuff. It'll drive the fans crazy, but defensively, they'll understand. Fine, you went and swung at Mike Zanino. It's a one-year deal. That money's coming off the books, guys. It's okay. Zanino has not performed. And that injury he had probably has affected him returning from that. Okay, fine. Is it worth bringing up Bo Naylor right now? No. No. Because here's the way I view it. it depending on what happens in the next week or two, if the team is competitive, okay, yes, bring him up because he gives you the best chance to win. If you're not going to compete, don't rush him. Let him learn. Like, let him get hot in AAA like he is. Let him have a strong year. And sometime in August, when the trade deadline passes and you probably move Zanino for cash, because that's probably what someone will take for him, and they'll just pay the rest of his salary, then you bring up Bo. And at that point, you just play him every day. You play him every day, get him as many ABs as possible, work through every goddamn slump he goes through. He will drive you nuts at times because he'll strike out quite a bit at first, but work him through it because every level he's been through, he started off striking out a lot, he made adjustments, and he progressed. Happened in double A, he progressed. Happened in AAA, he progressed. So play, the reason I don't want him up is because they won't play him. They won't. So he's right. not going to learn. There's no point. It's the and same with Rokio. Same thing, yes. Until the depth chart is cleared up, I don't care how many people want to scream at me. From Neil's eyebrow, I love you, bro, but like, no, not going to do it. I'm not doing it. I, I mean, there's so many others on Twitter, but Framiel and I talk uh, HR too much. So fine. I'll direct it mostly to him. If he's not going to play every day, it's kind of like the Gabriel Arias uh, situation. What's the point? What's the point of bringing him up if Tito ain't going to play him? I mean, yeah, I'd rather him be in AAA rest of the year and have Sandy work with him all next spring training and get him ready for next year. Cause he'll work with the starting rotation from day one in spring training. And he should know them by the end of spring training, by the end of the year, they should all be clicking. So I, I'm fine with the wait and see approach because catcher is so hard to develop and project that I'm fine with this waiting period. Francisco Alvarez is a great, great example for him. There was no reason he should have been at, it should have been in Binghamton as long as he was last year. There was no reason within a month we knew. Just send him up. When I told him in person, congratulations on your $200 million contract in the future, I meant that. Because you saw it, and that kid's a workaholic. He's going to be a great catcher. I'm just saying, 
he is kind of like how the Guardians are approaching this. Now, his knock was he's an even worse defender than Bo. Bo is way better, especially athletically. But Alvarez needs more time, and that's what they did. And now he's a more polished hitter as he got up to the majors, and he's been red hot in the month of May. That's what happens when you're patient with prospects. Same thing for Gabriel Arias. They didn't really rush him. And yeah, they pushed him around between the majors and AAA last year. But by the time he was ready, he was ready. And now that he's playing pretty much every day, he looks to be a major league hitter. Is he elite? We'll see in the future because I don't think he's even scratched the surface. But okay, he's great. He's a potentially great hitter. Josh Naylor took years to develop into what he is now. He was god-awful when he started in San Diego. And look at him now as a, I would say, a solid piece on this team and a great defender this year. Yeah, he's probably going to be the all-star for the for Cleveland. Wow. I mean, Andre Jimenez. I mean, Jimenez looked to be a lost hitter in New York when he first came up. Now he's one of our foundational pieces. It takes time. I mean, like, I'm sorry. Like, with the, how patient this fan base is, y'all wanted Jose Ramirez gone once upon a time. You all thought he was garbage. And now look, Jack. Y'all were like, oh, cut him. He's terrible. And I was one of the only ones because I saw him for a year in AA Akron. I'm like, no, no, no. If he even develops some pop, he's he's going to be an everyday player. Did I imagine this? No, but shit. Okay, we'll take it. You know, there's so many variables with this team. And this season, it just has not gone the right way. Everything that could go wrong when it has to go wrong goes wrong. The hitting is great, but the bullpen is trash. The rotation is trash, but the hitting is great. Or the bullpen is great, but we can't score that one goddamn run. Like, that's the way it's gone. Jack, my comparison is very simple. This is the 2006 to the 2005. That's literally what this is. And how did 07 turn out? Oh, they were one win away from the World Series and probably winning the goddamn World Series against Colorado. Be patient. And when Andre Knott is liking a tweet of mine that says this city is not patient with their team, that it's not a baseball city because of that, that speaks volumes because it comes from the players too. The players are listening. You don't think they feel that pressure you know, to perform right now or else you're gone by the fans. You don't think they don't hear your boos and feel a little bit more pressure? Just relax. It's the youngest team in the league. And that leads me to, uh uh-oh, what? Fourth youngest? I think you're on mute, Jack. Are they the fourth youngest? Yeah, fourth youngest. Who's the youngest now? I think it's... Well, I had it up and then I just lost it. Hold on. Cincy, isn't it? Something like Cincy. Um, 
Here we go. Uh, batter's average age, it's the Royals. We are the youngest pitchers. We have the youngest okay. pitchers. Okay. Royals makes a lot of sense. So, and the Royals are going to be coming too if they get some pitching. I'm just saying. Actually, overall, we are probably the youngest. I was saying, at the I averages. think overall we are. Yeah. I think. So, with that said, that leads to Shane Bieber. Mm -hmm. So, yes, they're going to move him. They wanted to move him last offseason if they didn't compete. If they didn't win the division, he was gone. Like, they've come nowhere close on a contract extension. He wants way too much money. And I'm going to be honest, Jack, I've seen this with Cody Allen. I've seen it with Corey Kluber. His fastball is getting way too low in average velocity. It's dipping too quick. You've been saying it the last couple of years. Like since the, the Cy Young year, 2020, it started yep. dipping. It started dipping ever since the shoulder injury, which tells me he has to be more crafty, but he's not going to be as dominant. Yep. Is he a crafty starter? Absolutely. But there's only one Greg Maddox in the history of this game. I'm sorry. God love a lot of these pitchers. There's only one Greg Maddox and he's been retired for years. Not everyone can be him. Does he still have a lot of value? Yes. Do teams want him? Yes. Who would I trade him to? Well, I'm glad you asked because I'm going to create a video about this. Um, hopefully soon if I have time. So this may be the only Time you may hear this. So let's dive into this. First things first, what I would do if I was GM, I'd be on the phone with St. Louis. I'm asking them Bieber, Savali, and Quantrill. If you want one of them, give me your prices on all of them. I think a deal can be made with Quantrill and St. Louis to get Tyler O'Neill. Just a straight swap. Yes. You would have more control with Quantrill. You'd lose a lot with Tyler O'Neill. There's a lot of injury concerns with him. But if he's healthy, he is a guy that can provide that pop in the lineup. He's got some speed. He's a good player. Not saying he's elite, but he would be a good addition to the team in the long run, especially if you can get him extended for like two, three more years on the fairly cheap side. So it's worth exploring the idea because I don't think Quantrill's fitting into the rotation in the long run with the way things are going. So another trade I would do. So I'm just going to spoil what I've written, you know, so far. Now, this is a little insane, but it makes all the sense in the world. The Guardians trade... Ahmed Rosario and Josh Bell to the Atlanta Braves for Marcelo Zuna, Jared Schuster, their top pitching prospect, though I don't think he's anything special, and cash. And here's why you do it. Arcia is their shortstop, and yes, you have Vaughn Grissom, but... Rosario could be that speedster off the bench, versatile guy that 
Atlanta knows how to use and probably will get something out of him. And Josh Bell is a better DH right now than Marcelo Zuna. And by the way, I am cutting Marcelo Zuna right away. Like, gone. Heck, if somebody wants him, I'll trade him too and throw in cash. Like, I'll split the cash up between between three teams just so I don't have them on this roster. You're buying a top pitching prospect to add in a Jared Schuster or someone like that to make this happen. Now this forces you, you play Arias, you play Freeman, you play Rokio if you choose. Maybe even opens the door for Bo Naylor to play DH, but you just play the damn kids you don't think anymore you just do all right so now those two trades are done yes i i would love to talk about the hitting development team and how it's not chris valika's fault because it's a failed you know flawed evaluation system which i've highly criticized for years even internally i've had debates but I'm not getting into those right now. All right. I got five teams for Shane Bieber, Jack. You ready for this? St. Louis, obviously. Baltimore, obviously. Arizona would be interesting. Texas, which I think could offer the best right now package. And I'm throwing in a wild card because you'll love, I'll start with this trade because it's going to get people freaking triggered as hell. And I love it. The Pittsburgh pirates, if they stay in it, they've spent money to keep Brian Reynolds around and uh, Mitch Keller. Why not try to go for it right now? And boy, do I have an offer for them. Henry Davis, the former number one pick, the catching prospect. Wynn Priester, their top pitching prospect, who can't seem to make it to the bigs. And the number four pick last year in Tamar Johnson, the second base, third baseman. Now everybody's going, how the hell do you make this work? Here's where I'm going to piss you all off, and I love it. For Shane Bieber and Bo Naylor. Now, here's why. You're getting Henry Davis, who has an elite arm. I think he's got a better arm than Naylor does behind the plate. I don't know if he can stay behind the plate, but with his arm and his bat, it's worth me risking it and let Sandy work his magic. Just do it. Just freaking do it. And I get Quinn Priester, put him in our system. Jesus, we'll, we'll turn it, we'll finish him off for you. And then you get Tamar Johnson, who is an elite hitter. He's going to fly through the system and be. I know people say, but he's a second baseman. No, he can actually play third. And uh, have you ever watched him hit? It's Rafael Devers. I mean, it's identical. Who wouldn't want a Rafael Devers potentially in this lineup? Just saying. He's worth every penny to get. And that's why I'm willing to say 
I'll swap out Bo Naylor and Davis, but I need Tamar Johnson. Because Davis, I think, is still in double A. So you're asking me to hold on to Zanino and piss off my fans, but it resets the clock to 2025. And if Tamar can fit in with these guys and Priester and everything, it'd be a dangerous team. All right, real quick, we'll go uh, with Arizona because I'm not going to do this. isn't going to happen. But I had Alec Thomas, Christian Walker, and a pitching prospect named uh, Division de los Santos for Shane Bieber and Josh Bell. So you get some value back, but Bell's the one that's dragging that down. But you could have Walker, you know, Naylor platoon between first and DH get a bat back, get an outfielder and Thomas back who'd fit in well with our system and go from there. The Texas Rangers, I'm going to say, are the wild card in this entire thing. Because I have Evan Carter and Sam Huff for Shane Bieber. If Evan Carter is on the table, all bets are off. I'm going to call my shot right now. If Evan Carter is in discussions with the Guardians. I think the Rangers are the favorite. Carter, it fits everything the Guardians look for. Five-tool guy, great in all, good in all areas, not great in one, but they think they can develop him. But he's in double-A right now. Sam Huff would allow you to slow down Bo Naylor. Because Sam Huff can't play catcher and he can hit. So maybe a guy who could be a platoon partner with Naylor going forward because you need two catchers. That's the deal that I keep looking at going like, you know, if they throw in a pitcher, maybe this is real or an infield prospect. Yeah, this could work. So Texas, I mean, they, they can hit the cover off the ball. They'll produce runs for Shane. All he has to do is get people out. I think it'd be a great fit. Sorry, I'd be stealing them down here, but, you know, not my fault. Baltimore and St. Louis. Which one do you want to hear first? Because this is these are the two, Jack, that I think if they're both in it, they're the clear favorites to get them. Which one do you want to hear first? Let's go with St. Louis. St. Louis. The offer is Lars Newtbar, which, by the way, I now got some insight on St. Louis. Um, you have to have guys that fit the Cardinal Way personality. And if there are guys that fit that Cardinal Way personality, it's going to be hard to get them. Lars Newtbar does fit that from what I've heard. He exemplifies it. It's going to be very hard to get someone like him from the Cardinals. Maybe Nolan Gorman, but the way he said no, I wouldn't do that. Or Dylan Carlson. I don't think they're going to move either. But Newtbar, Michael McGreevy, which basically at that point his ceiling is Shane Bieber, so you could just be swapping Biebers. And he went to the same school. And Yvonne Herrera, the catching prospect who is roadblocked, but he can't hit the major league level, but he provides solid defense. Could be a platoon guy in the future for Shane Bieber. It offers alternatives for your future. 
but I just am not in love with the deal. It's the Orioles that I think are the favorite. They have the need, the urgency, and the pool of prospects to do this. The trade is Colton Kowser, D.L. Hall, Dylan Beavers, I think he was their comp pick last year, and a low-level pitcher, Carter Baumler, for Shane Bieber. If the Guardians can get a haul like this with D.L. Hall, who can be, at the very least, a three-to-five starter, worst case, a solid lefty reliever with good stuff, I mean, Colton Kowser's going to be something at the major league level. Dylan Beavers can be two. You could be getting two for the price of one. Um, and then Baumler, we'll see what he does. I think he's like a Peyton Battenfield at this point, but you know, nothing wrong with that. He could fly through the system and maybe develops into something more. Who the heck knows? Guardians know how to do that. I sit here and say Baltimore's the prohibitive favorite. If you're to ask me who's my dark horse, it's Texas without a question. Wouldn't be shocked if a Houston got involved if they needed another arm. I don't know who they'd move, but who knows? But everything is on the table with Shane Bieber, including the Yankees. The Yankees came up firing with an offer. Yes, I think they would think about it. And I would think Jason Dominguez would be their prime target at that point, which... I don't know how I feel about that, getting the Martian, but if he turns into what he can be, oh boy. Yeah, that could be the steal of the century. But that's where the Guardians stand. Again, this year, I've said to multiple people, you're playing with house money. No expectations. None. I, I mean, you can't do bad this year. And here's the cool part. If you don't make the playoffs, you enter the lottery. And you saw where the Twins ended up at number five. Who knows? Maybe you end up winning the lottery. Though I wish it was this year to get Dylan Cruz. Son of a bitch. You could have gotten the best prospect since Bryce Harper. And the rumor is he's not even going to go number one to the Pirates. Okay, Pittsburgh, if you don't want to be serious... But Dylan Cruz and Tremar Johnson together, and Jesus Christ, they may win a World Series one day. Oh, just no. Pittsburgh doesn't deserve more. They've sold their souls to the devil. Anyways, that's it for baseball, Jack. Let's end it. Let's end it real strong, buddy. Oh yeah. Let's talk state, about them. The state, the cabs, the cabs. Because the State of the Union is not good. Not good at all. Uh, so it's clear as day Donovan Mitchell wants to be in New York. And he's going to leave first chance he gets. But we're overreacting. Oh, no, we're not. We've the seen is, this. This is the thing, Alex. The Cleveland media is saying nothing about it. The national media is saying nothing about it. And it's right in front of our flipping faces. We've seen this story before. Do right. we not? Uh, oh, wait. LeBron did this twice? Oh. Once. That second time doesn't count. I we mean, knew we he was did. leaving. 
well, we knew, but it was more like he wasn't hiding where he wanted to be. Let's put it that way. And that's fine. So here's what I say. Trade his ass. I told you all he doesn't move the needle in the playoffs. How did he do in the playoffs? Was it just me or did I see a brown spot on his pants? I mean, it's a brown spot on the whole team, but yeah, you're not wrong. He doesn't move the needle. He never really has in the playoffs. Move him. I said that a year ago. You traded five firsts. Five for this guy. And yes, in terms of adding talent to this team, I understand why you do it. I can't accept why you did it at this point. You have to move on. You're not going to get what you want back. And that's tough shit. You gave up five ones. You better hope to God none of those ones come back to bite you in the ass one day. Because we'll be looking at this trade and some people will say, oh, you're hating him, Kobe Altman all the time. And he drafted two all-star players. Sorry, Matt, I'm calling you out on this one. In three years, Utah could have the number one pick as the team to beat in the West, and it looks like we traded James Worthy again. Oh, did y'all forget that? That we traded James Worthy? Because we traded that pick years earlier? That James Worthy should have been with Brad Doherty and Mark Price? Oh, you all forgot that. No, I didn't. I didn't forget that. We should have been the team of the 80s, but we threw that away. Mm -hmm. We should be the team of the 2020s. I believe we threw that away. Kobe Altman can identify talent. I'll give him that much. He does not know how to build a team. And that's the most important thing if you are a GM. Can you build a team? I don't give a shit if you can identify talent. If you can identify talent, you're a great scout. Congratulations. Can't build a team, you're not GM. Goodbye. Phil Savage. Bingo. You're just Phil Savage. So Jack and I have been discussing ways to improve this team. And I'm going to start with the one trade that I'm thinking of. No one's going to like it because they're going to say, oh, you didn't play well in the Eastern Conference Finals. But you want to know what? He's a 3 and D wing who's a way better defender than Donovan Mitchell and fits better into the system because we wouldn't have to play so much ISO bullshit that always holds our talent down and would let Darius Garland cook and make Mobley and Allen like they were the year before. And that's Jalen Brown. You flip Jalen Brown and Donovan Mitchell and everybody's saying, would you do it straight up? No, I'm not stupid. I'm not high. But I would do it for two ones in the future, completely unprotected. And maybe a pick swap, if possible. So, I don't know. I don't know what to say in terms of that deal, but that's the one I would do first because it just makes sense to do it. I mean, heck, if you could try to throw in another player that'll make this team a little better, try. But you need wings. You don't need guards. We have too many of those guys. We have too many bigs and we have too many guards. 
And that's why it alarms me when I see, well, Kobe Altman's looking at adding more big men. We're not playing in the 1990s anymore, bro. Patrick Ewing and Akeem Olajuwon have been retired for years. Dikembe Mutombo says, no, no, no. Big men aren't relevant today. Only Nikola Jokic is relevant because he's a freaking unicorn. How's that working out for Philly building around Joel Embiid? Not good. For, for um, wait, who are the Easter Conference? So it was Boston and Miami. Where do they build their teams, Jack? In the draft. Well, no. What, what positions? Oh, the wings. Boom. There you go. Uh, Denver played uh, LeBron, didn't they? Mm-hmm. In the finals. In yeah. Western. Where are the Lakers built? In the wings. Outside of Nikola Jokic, who's a unicorn, let's remind ourselves, where are the Nuggets built? On the wings. What do these teams not even really have? Big men. And a point guard. And a point guard. These teams were all built on the wings. And the Cavs don't do that. They do the opposite. And, gee, Jack, how are the Knicks built again? On the wings. Okay, we're, we're, we're going to keep going through the list here because screw it at this point. Clippers, how are they built? On the wings. Are you all seeing a freaking pattern right now? Okay, let, let's, you want to know what? I'm going down the whole NBA playoff list because you want to know what? I'm going to hammer home this goddamn point because you are all oblivious to this. Okay, let's look at, oh wait, I just had Phoenix. How is Phoenix built, Jack? Correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure Devin Booker and Duran are on the wings. Bingo! Okay, let's continue on. Because I'm going to go with teams that moved on. Outside of Steph Curry, how is Golden State built? On the wings. Every team that advanced. I mean, even Philadelphia, where is their strength outside of Joel Embiid? On the wings. Do you see a freaking pattern here? Every team that advanced built up at the wing position. The teams that didn't. Brooklyn. Okay, we'll discount them. Atlanta. I mean, DeAndre Hunter's okay. Not special. Minnesota has no wings. They're all bigs. Gee, does that sound freaking familiar? And they lost four to one. Yeah, Carl Anthony Towns and Rudy Gobert is going to work out just fine. If John Morant has his head in the right place, how is Memphis built? On the wings. Yeah. You see a pattern because this is the NBA we live in. If you are not building on the wings, and I don't count Donovan Mitchell as a true wing guy. He's more of a one than he is a three. And yes, he plays the off-ball guard. He's more of a one than a three. That means you have two ones. How did that work out for Portland with Lillard and C.J. McCollum, Jack? 
Didn't work. I don't think this is going to work, Jack. That's why it's like, if you get a Jalen Brown in here and you can develop Mobley into an outside player a little bit more, now you have something. Because Allen is going to be like that, you know, uh, the big man that rebounds for you. Mm -hmm. Make sure he's a little bit tougher. Mobley can beat you in multiple ways. Then you got Jalen Brown. Then you got Darius Carr. And then you can start building. I'm fine with that. But that's just the first trade. Jack, you have the other trades for me that I haven't even heard yet. Yeah, so so, so we pulled these from Fanspo, which is obviously another trade machine because the ESPN's one good, but Fanspo's more in dev. You could trade the picks and all that, do sign-in trades. So this one... I did a twist on the one that I found. It's a three-teamer with Portland and the Boston Celtics. So it does involve Jalen Brown. Okay. So it has Donovan Mitchell, Isaac Okoro, and three ones going to Boston. Portland gets Jalen Brown and Jetty Osmond's expiring contract. The Cavs pick up Marcus Smart who would bring toughness and defensive prowess to this team, which we need Anthony Simons, which is another small guard, but I like his potential down the road. I think he'd probably fit better alongside Darius Garland, two first round picks from the Boston Celtics and the third pick in the draft from the Portland trailblazers, which we would then draft Brandon Miller, Everything's all everything's all in the clear, Alex. I've heard he's overweight. I've haven't heard that. Now I have some Alabama contacts now. Okay. They love him. They love him. Yeah. They'll defend him to the ends of the earth. I just don't know what his ceiling is, and I'll be honest, I want Scoot. Scoot's Scoot going is, too, though. That's why I say uh, they take Brandon Miller in that scenario. I'm just saying, if Scoot was there at three, I'm going to give you the hot take of the week. Who wants Darius Garland? <laughs> I'm dead serious. Yeah, I know. I, I this it. kid develops even a semblance of a jumper, he's going to be the best point guard in the league. No question about it. He's amazing. He is amazing. I have another trade though. I have two more trades though. So when okay, go ahead. Okay, so this one is another fan created it if and it says if the Cavs are not sure if Mitchell is going to stay long term it's a three teamer with Portland and the Brooklyn Nets Portland if gets we get Dory- Ben Simmons I'm walking out no this one I it doesn't seem realistic so I'm just gonna say this right off the bat but it's Portland gets Dorian Finney Smith and Donovan Mitchell the Nets get Anthony Simons in a 2026 first round pick the Cavs get Shaden Sharp, which I already think this is unrealistic because they're Portland's going to build around him. Big. Oh the no, no, the, in... the the guard, the guard. Oh, I'm I'm thinking of the yeah the Brooklyn. Shaden Sharp's a guard. Uh, I love Shaden Sharp though. <laughs> the third pick in the draft, a 2028 first, and then it says uh, sign and trade Seth Curry and Cam Johnson. The only thing I mean... is now the backcourt's a little clogged. So you'd have to move Rubio and other pieces and that. But. See, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not minding that. And then here's this last one that I found, and this one's with the Knicks. So get ready, Cleveland. 
the cat, I, the Knicks I, get I Donovan Mitchell, Dean, and Dean Wade. It says 2024 uh, first pick swap, but that can't happen until draft night next year anyway. So, but it says the Cavs get Derrick Rose, Evan Fournier, Obi Toppin, and then two number ones in the 2025 draft, three number ones in the 2024 draft, obviously picks that they've accumulated, and the Knicks 2027 first round pick. So you'd get throw in, you get like six ones. Rowan Grimes, and it's a deal. I like Grimes yeah. a lot. But obviously, like, Derrick Rose and Toppin are on team options. You just see, you make the... that trade. See, if you do that trade with the Knicks. I'd take Fournier, though. Fournier and Toppin. Rose, I'd just flip. If you do that trade, you pretty much have admitted that <laughs> um, next year you're fine with being a play in that you're going to decline um, and you're playing for the future, or you're going to use those picks for something else like a Jalen Brown. See, you should give me that trade and allow me to call Boston and offer up a few of those picks. Cause you know how they love to acquire picks and use like three of them for Jalen Brown. If you're going to do that, you might as well use some of those picks to get Jalen Brown, but try to keep as many for 2024 because just because on the off chance you can draft this this kid by the name of Bronny and maybe his dad will come back, you know. <laughs> and then Jalen Brown plays the two, LeBron at the three, Garland and Bronny, you know, Bronny being sixth man of the year, Mobley and Allen. Yeah, LeBron walks away in the sunset winning a championship again for Cleveland. I mean, that is – it's not a bad trade. Adding – so if I did – uh, If you can get a Mitchell replacement. I did Mitchell and Okoro for Fournier, Rose, Toppin, and Grimes without adding the picks, and it works. Actually, hold on, hold on. I'm going to do this live on, on this right now. Would so, you rather have Fournier or would you try to be like, we want R.J. Barrett? Just because of how long the contract is, I take Fournier. Yeah, I don't think that I don't think the upside's there. Um, real quick, because I love Barrett so, in that draft. Okay, so hold on. So the Knicks get Mitchell, and who else did you say? I put a Coro in because I think it's just time. What to was the forward. original trade? What was the original? Trade? Um, because I got something that's gonna blow some people's minds. Oh, uh, it was Mitchell and Wade. So for Rose, Fournier, Wade. and Toppin. Oh, uh, where is he? On the oh, there he is. Okay, so it was uh, Fournier, Toppin, and D Rose, and Rose, along with how many picks? Um, it was the Knicks. Oh, so oh, they got the Detroit one. Ooh. Yeah, it was the Detroit pick, Ooh, the Milwaukee pick. I I got to think about that one. <laughs> and yeah. the pick swap. Ooh, I no, I wouldn't know. do the. I don't think we theoretically you can't do the pick swap because the Cavs can't trade that pick until draft night. Well, no, so if it was pick swap. I think technically they could. They just can't move it without having a pick. Yeah, but it was the Detroit, Dallas, and Washington first round picks next okay. year. So I'm trying to make the money work real quick because what if you got the Pelicans on the phone and you and flipping you, those picks for Ingram, like two or three of them, and you move. Like, hold on. So it would be Jared Allen. Sign it or Pelicans. sign and trade Lavert. 
yeah, side trade Lever- some like that where it's like a Coro, I think monetarily wise. Um Allen, a Coro, and I think something else, and you throw in like two or three of the picks, I think you can get Brandon Ingram. Yeah. I don't know what New Orleans is gonna do this offseason, but David Griffin goes like you wanna know what? I'm gonna bail you out, Cleveland. <laughs> I'm gonna bail you out. I won't even take the Detroit pick. I think magically they're gonna be good this year. I'm scared of Monty Williams. I think Give Detroit's that- I, I did him them not saying or letting Monty Williams say no. I mean, we see what he did in Phoenix. Yeah, but he had actual talent. They didn't have that much talent when he got to Phoenix. Devin Booker was not like the Devin Booker he is now. We'll see. I mean, I'm not. I'm it's not Detroit. High. It's Detroit, and they haven't won Kate anything has in a long time. Injured every year, and that yeah. scares me. And they don't have a top three pick to get one of those guys. Um, they're looking at the Amon Thompsons, the Aswar Thompson, uh, Cameron Whitmore, those kind of guys in that second tier. Again, they're missing just barely. Again, Jaden Ivey looked okay last year. He had moments, but we'll see how he progresses. I mean, right. I don't know how they're going to progress, and I bet on them. Now, granted, in this trade, you are taking a hit. So I would expect the Detroit pick to be a little bit better and yours to be a little bit worse. But I'll be honest, that last trade with the Knicks, you want to what? I'd make him a happy camper. I'd make him a happy camper. Do it. I still got a good core. If I can move the money around to sign some free agents, and which I don't know if they can even, and really build up the wings. Now I might feel a little bit better. If 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 Levert's willing to come back on the cheap, I do it even on a one year deal, like a prove it deal, at like seven eight million a year, and use that to build around everything else, and see what happens. But the Cavs just need to move on from Mitchell. It, it's a good GM knows when he got played yeah and if you want to run it back this year that's fine you're gonna go nowhere further because you can't make any more additions you have to do addition by subtraction whether it be Jarrett allen which i'd be looking dead at toronto and og and obi and just build on the wings do it og and obi is the guy i want if i can get him i'll do it Jarrett Allen and other pieces, let's make this work. Like Jarrett Allen to Dallas and other pieces to um, Toronto to make it work, and they get number 10, you know, and we get OG and OB. Like, let's call that in right now. Like, this isn't hard, guys. You know, I can fix it. But the State of the Union with the Cavs, not good. So with that state, of the, said, state of the union for the guardians might be trending up. Mackenzie is uh, looking good so far today. I, I think it was level. Like I'm not reacting. Right. Four strikeouts and two innings though. You Mackenzie's still got like, one of the top farm systems in baseball. You're still one of the youngest teams in baseball and you're still a competitive team. The state of the union is good. <laughs> Alex McKenzie's locked in. Are you trying to say something right now? 
Are you trying to say DeAndre Hopkins is going to be a Brown? Uh, the longer this goes, I feel like it probably will happen. PPJ to the Chiefs for one. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go, baby. <laughs> Anyways, guys, in closing with Cleveland, the state of the union with our sports teams is strong for the most part outside the caps. There are a lot of things to look forward to. And I will say we have made Cleveland strong again. We have made Cleveland proud again. We have made Cleveland winning again. And in our future, we will make Cleveland great again. I approve of that message. (laughs) With that said, ladies and gentlemen, we hope you have an amazing summer uh, because everything's about to go to shit once we come back (laughs) between the political world and the sports world with the Browns coming back. We don't talk politics. It's just more like everybody's going to be fighting. So I don't like either side. It's just, hey, civil war. (laughs) Doom and gloom, Jack. Doom and gloom. Always with you, buddy. Oh, I learned from Tony Grossi. (laughs) How's he doing? How you doing, Tony? How you doing, Tony? Oh, man. Shout out to all my uh, former friends at ESPN Cleveland. Smoking the... the, uh, Drinking the Kool-Aid, baby. You didn't hear, Jack? They they got the cult Kool-Aid, courtesy of Gold Amrich. <laughs> <laughs> when you work here, you have to drink the Jew-Aid. Wait, okay. I can say Alex. that. I can say that. <laughs> oh, that's right. I can say that. No, it means absolutely nothing. That probably was too far of a joke. I'm sorry. Uh, with that said, and we got canceled. Yes! Our, Jack, I'd like to report, I just heard this season of the Top Dogs has just been canceled, but it will be renewed for next season. So we've been canceled now. That's how we end the show, Jack. We've been canceled now for a month plus. How it. do you feel? I'll take it. My statement? Screw the woke agenda. <laughs> We didn't get canceled. We canceled ourselves, damn it, for a month and a half. I'm proud of that, Jack. You didn't cancel us. We canceled ourselves. (laughs) With that said, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for an amazing season. We will talk to you when training camp comes around. Hopefully, uh, the Guardians are trending upwards. And we trade Shane Bieber for a shitload of players that are going to help us in the future. And the Browns are going to be a Super Bowl contender. Until then, you guys. Super Bowl! Super Browns! Hell yeah! We'll talk to you in a month and a half, guys. Take care.